They say the world can be hard, cruel, and ugly. Trust me, it gets worse if you're hungry and thirst. Doesn't push you from position, last place to first. Can't build a foundation without having feet in the dirt. So I put in the work, grind harder than most. I don't chase accolades of the living, I'm facing a ghost. That's what makes me the GOAT. Depending on who you ask, my brother, whatever task. Got it covered like a mask, guaranteed they can't see me at the open run. Cause I cook competitors until they look well done. Don't act like you don't know where I held from. I had to climb about the trenches, sit on benches till my time had come. Don't be mad at the player, be mad at the game. Sneak this in the hating, that's a flag on the play. Me falling off, huh? That'll be the day I'm like, bolt in the race, leave the track, flambe, it's the open run. Now listening to the sounds of the open run with Will Strickland, where the lecture is conducted from the mic into the speaker in conversation with a great Ryan Antonio Henry. What's up, five-star <laughs> frog splash? Good. It's good, you know. Just another day, another dollar. I would that, pay that, you know, top that, dollar that to see you do that in a <laughs> ring against who would be your ideal wrestling opponent if you did that move? Like there was a wrestler you ever want to wrestle against. It'd be Triple H in his prime. I, I grew up hating that man. I, I grew up hating that man a lot. And and yeah, that that, that would be uh, my, my, my favorite opponent, if you want to say. Have you ever noticed that there are no intelligent, non-white wrestlers? Everybody else is the architect or the game or they're so cerebral, the cerebral assassin. You don't think The Rock was? All right, so listen to what I'm saying. Did they say anything about yeah. The Rock being that in his introductions or anything like that the cerebral assassin never no 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 i'm just asking and <laughs> they really i mean they said as much as they possibly could rock counts as black even though he's part samoan and part yeah so we can get away with that but you wouldn't have kofi kingston or bobby lashley neither one of them are great on the mic. it's true it's true yeah but no i, I, never, I hear what you're saying they never talk about them being intelligent wrestlers and I always wonder what that was about maybe I, I don't wonder I'm just talking shit because <laughs> you know I know already but yeah in terms of talking shit let's talk shit about the western conference because we've done That's with the east conference. the sun sets in the west just like it did on the championship last year in Denver we're gonna start deep in the heart of Texas with your Dallas Mavericks Ryan Antonio Henry so I don't have them in the prospects to making the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you that, agree that, or disagree? The, oh, I wholeheartedly disagree. And honestly, it's not just because of fandom. It's sure it's not. You look at last season; they depleted the roster just to get Kyrie. And how many games did they really play together? That wasn't a real a real showing of what Luca and Kyrie can do. Midseason trades. They're probably one of the hardest things to pull off and win. How many times do you really see that come to fruition? It's usually we sign the guy in the offseason, we get the trade in the offseason, they come in, and yeah, magic happens there, right? You get the full training camp experience and all that. So now they get Kyrie back, and they retool the roster that was depleted to get Kyrie. So you add in guys like Seth Curry on his third stint, I don't know why they keep giving him away because the guy is a pure shooter. You get Grant Williams, your last year's pick for play hard all-star, if I remember. Um, <laughs> you get done, sir. Yeah, you you finally draft your base 
center that we hope will be the future franchise center because Dallas, as long as I've been a fan, has always been missing a center aside from the Tyson Chandler years. So you finally get that and a, a Canadian in Omax. Uh, Pro, I have to get Prosper. his name, last name right. Prosper. Omax Prosper. Um, exactly. So you're bringing in the pieces to fix the depleted roster. You had to get Kyrie. Kyrie resigns. You get a training camp. Luca is not coming into the, to the season fat. Smoking cigarettes and, and drinking beer. Yeah. So he might be a little banged up from his uh, showing in, in the, the World Cup. But I I don't see why this team, who is two years removed from a Western Conference Finals, with, in my opinion, a worse roster, can't get back into the playoffs. Well, I don't know. I mean, you say you have a game changer in Kyrie Andrew Irving now. They're going to figure out how to coexist. You have to integrate those new guys. Oh, just to let you know, Roy Tarpley, Blessed Dead, and James Donaldson are both mad at you. If you're a real Mavs fan, you'll understand what I just said. Shout out to Sam Perkins. What the duck? I used to hang out with Sam Perkins that back in Dallas back in the day. Really? Dead serious. We used to do parties yeah, he, in Dallas. Over near SMU all the time, all those debutants. He was spending that money. We were taking it. I'm like, Sam, you're in the NBA. Well, I don't care. Money is money. He doesn't get talked about in terms of Mavs greats, but yeah. He's on that list. But mm-hmm. I don't know that they improved markedly. You still have Tim Hardaway Jr. You still have a lot of the guys. Your favorite, Theo Pinson. You know, you thought that JaVale McGee was going to be the answer. Like, okay. I get it. Christian Wood walked out because he was one of the worst defenders in the league. I don't know how that's going to work out in L.A. as well, but he can score. So he has one-way traffic. You're going to have to have someone dynamic. Is Josh Green going to be that guy that steps up? Is it Jaden Hardy who steps up to be that guy in the second unit that leads them? You're going to have to have a dynamic wing that's going to be able to do something. Losing Dorian Finney-Smith, huge. We talked about a lot of teams gutting their defensive philosophy or their defensive identity to gain someone like a Kyrie Irving. It's tough. And Dallas did not play. They didn't play enough defense before they traded him. They lean so hard on DFS that now you don't have him. That means that Luca and Kyrie are going to have to do the unthinkable. I I still think it jeopardizes them and puts them in. That's where Omax Proctor is going to come in because of his length. Yeah. His size. He played great at Marquette, kid out of Montreal. Another kid from Montreal doing this thing in the league. Shouts out to Montreal. Quebec. And I don't know if he's ready for that level of responsibility. They needed a veteran 3 and D guy who can help them out right away. And I don't know if they got that this summer. They didn't get the vet three and D. They did get Seth, which should, uh, again, keep up their rapid three-point pace. But I think – Got to be able to play defense late. As a Mavs fan, just seeing guys that lacked hustle and just Mm -hmm. seeing who they were able to get should make up for that. I know Rashawn Holmes was kind of on the outs in Sacramento, but the Mavs have been trying to – at least get this guy for quite a while now, and I think he can rejuvenate himself. You still have one of the Morris twins who's kind of still has that bully reputation. This team has lacked hustle and just uh, guys that just want to get up and get at it for a while. So I think you're going to see that. And who knows? I don't think the team's done dealing. I think this has been the best offseason they've had in terms of acquiring pieces, either from draft or trade. And I don't see Mr. Nike man drawing a blank Nico, right now. Nico, but Harrison. Nico, my guy. Yeah, my guy, Nico. I don't think he's done. 
yet. And I feel like Mark Cuban has finally kind of stepped a little bit aside and is finally letting his GM and his assistants do their thing when it comes that to actually. Be, that must be a Dallas players. thing. Or to Jerry Jones. That must be a Dallas thing. But it I'll is. tell you this much. <laughs> I don't know. And Nico's a pro. But I don't know they have enough. They don't have the assets to move for, for anyone else. I can't see it. And so I have them on the outside looking in as a 9 or 10 seed in the play-in game. No matter how much talent they have, they just don't have enough defense in the very stacked West to do work. And as I move further west to the Pacific Northwest and talk about the Portland Trailblazers, Scoot Henderson, Shaden Sharp, Canadian Shaden Sharp, sixth man of the year, Malcolm Brockton, Jeremy Grant. Is it enough to compete? And, you know, I'm, I'm mad I left Anthony Simons off of that list because he's an underrated, low-key assassin. And as they continue to define roles under Chauncey Billups out there, what are their prospects? Because I have them being actually one of those bubble playing tournament teams. They're going to make a jump with Chauncey Billups now. The way I kind of see them is they're going to get some, like, scrappy, like, oh, they pulled that win off. And they're going to get those a couple a couple of games this season. But I just, it's it's a transition. It's a, it's a new era in there, right? Dame's gone. They're going to have to find somebody to take the reins. And everyone's obviously looking at the rookie sensation to 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 kind of lead that. But I don't think it's going to be easy right off the bat, right? They're going to have to find their no. footing. It's going to be by committee for sure. And I think they, they're going to galvanize a little bit more. If anybody can tell you that when you have a bunch of different and wayward toys, a guy who's a former high draft pick, they traded Chauncey, Rick Pitino, Ricky Three Stacks, traded him during the season to the Toronto Raptors, his rookie year. And somehow this guy got off the mat, found his place in Minnesota for a little bit. Then when free agency came, he went to Detroit. And he's playing with a bunch of guys, scrappy guys who got those scrappy wins, who understood their roles. And then there was a move made midseason for Rashid Abdul-Wallace, who was in Atlanta, who got traded from these same Blazers. And they ended up creating the second greatest finals upset in the history of the league in 2004. So I'm not saying the Blazers are going to the NBA championship, but I'm telling you they have a guy who can build based on what he knows through his experience, taking two teams from different conferences to seven straight conference finals. That's Chauncey Billups. Can he apply that from a coaching standpoint with his young unit? We'll find out. I need to see Shaden Sharp, who's going to get minutes now, show some market improvement on his perimeter shooting, and his defense, we all know he can jump out of the gym. Jeremy Grant has to stay injury-free for most of the season. But now you have DeAndre, I claim I'm dominating Aiton down there too. What he does in understanding his role, if he can take the coaching of Chauncey Billups, who I think from a temperance standpoint is going to be a little bit harder on him oh, than yeah. Monty Williams. And if that's the case, he may not respond well. And that's the only reason that I can see him being held back and that's crazy because he's a former number one draft pick. But I try to give him some leeway based on what he did during the World Cup, I guess, season, if you want to call it that. Because they went down and played in a qualifier in Argentina, beat Argentina. The guy got like 10 points and 25 rebounds. And he allowed Eric Gordon and Buddy Heal to do what they do. And he said, you know what? Maybe I'm not the guy. Maybe I'm the guy that's supposed to help the guys. And I saw it. I'm trying to give him some respect. But. He got up there, he changed his number to like one or something. I don't know. Or was it two? No, yeah. Anthony Simons is one now, if I'm not mistaken. But either way, I just don't know. He's the wild card in that. And I don't know if I 
Yeah, I'm putting a lot I, on Portland I, this year. I, I feel I want them to make yeah. that jump, and even if, if yeah. it's a playing situation, I'm cool with that. Yeah, I, I think Aiton just wanted plays run for him, and uh, naturally, when you're playing like Kevin Durant and Devin Booker, that's probably not going to happen. But now in this situation, I think it could. So maybe he gets you know a little bit that gets him into an actual. He, he was still actual role. sixteen and ten without those touches. Without Imagine those if he touches, had yeah. a little more heart and testicular fortitude. Mm-hmm. The difference, yeah, he would make. So we're going to find out. He's going to have every opportunity this season to show that. Oh yeah. And speaking of testicular fortitude, let's go down to Houston because we know someone who likes testicular fortitude, or at least checking them for other players. In yeah. one, Dylan the villain Brooks, five minutes. He likes the title though. It gets him, you know what? In the in the media today, there is no such thing as bad media, because you can take the most salacious stuff and people pay attention to the train wrecks, as opposed to the quality information like you get here on the open run, Will Strickler. But that's a whole nother conversation. So Dylan Brooks, five minutes, two fouls, one ejection, no points, and hitting. Uh, did they play Germany? Did Germany beat Canada in the World Cup? Yeah. Yeah, they did. Oh, that's probably why he punched them in the nuts. Because Daniel Tice was <laughs> on that squad. I was trying to make the connection. Let me play Colombo real quick. I'm old. I'm talking about Colombo and shit. Who, who are like some good crime fighters on TV today? I don't know any of the TV shows. I don't watch those TV shows. So I'm talking about old people. Starsky and Hutch, Cagney and Lacey. Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But the fact that I, I'm not going to try to connect the dots here. But the fact that this dude is saying this is who I am. He's trying to establish his ground down in Houston. I don't know. How did that bode well for a team that tried to trade Kevin Porter Jr. during the midst of his domestic violence situation, you know, for the young guys, Jabari Smith Jr. You're bringing a guy as a stabilizer in and Fred Van Vliet. I get you need some gritty, some toughness, but I'm going to tell you right now, my dark horse rookie of the year candidate is playing for the Houston Rockets. His name is Cam Moore, 100%. A dog. He has a chip on his shoulder. I, I just like how he played. I like how he played Villanova. And I think, depending upon how available Dylan Brooks is, they gave him a check to be available. But with this kind of stuff, even before the season starts, I mean, I don't. Yeah, they're not going to make the playoffs. <laughs> but you're going to see some market growth. And I think Ime Udoka is really going to lock down that locker room. You better lock down your girl, though. We're just keeping it a buck. As, as much as people want to hate on Dylan and think that Fred got – too much and it's kind of like another land of misery. Wait, wait, wait. I feel like they have a, too much. A lot of people think he got too much, but that's why? not my words. He that's not my words. He won a championship. Hey, that's he not my words. I, 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 I've been a, I've been a Fred guy since every since he dollar. Here. Every dollar they want to give a guy who shot Bob Cousy numbers from the field last year. Thirty nine percent is not your top player should be shooting, but Rich Paul is a wizard and he got yeah. in that dough. I'm yeah. not mad at it. Get what you can get while you can get it. Here's a guy who's undrafted. Yeah. Get it. Get hey, it. I, I, I wish he was still in Toronto, but that's, that's you know, that's I think that time was done. But, I think that time was done. Yeah. Um, but, we were trying to do a project with him for this indigenous sneaker art thing. And I could tell just in interactions, it was, it was cooked. It was time. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I, I get that. But yeah, you, like the outlook on Houston is, yeah, they're just going to fumble. Uh, it's going to be jokes. It's going to be, I, I don't show, think it's gonna be that. No, I think I just don't. I don't know how this Dylan Brooks thing is gonna work with Fred VanVleet and the young guys with Jabari Smith Jr. with Cam Whitmore 
and with my man Alpi Sengun, who I love in the post. He is like the Walmart great value, Nikola Jermaine Jokic to me. I, th- I think the foundations. Like I think the foundations there, and yeah. it's going to start to to really actually come out over the the next couple of years. And I could see them back in the playoffs and the playoff hunt within a couple you know, of years. You know who gets lost in the sauce down there as a result? Jalen Green. Oh, you don't think he would be primary he's option going to get lost one? in the sauce? Why? Because yeah. they have to make sure that he's going to be their primary explosive scorer. Mm-hmm. But you got to get Whitmore minutes. You got to get Jabari Smith, who started playing great down the stretch of the season. You're going to get Singoon touches because he can play. He's not a great defender, so you're going to have to have somebody down there to protect him at the rim. Yeah, of course, Fred's going to get his shots up. So now it's a different situation down there. There's no KJ Martin. There's a, you don't have all that. It's guys who are going to be responsible in Fred Van Lee, who's going to make them accountable for what they do. Jalen Green yeah. cannot go out and shoot eight for 25. It's not no. going to happen. So his shots are getting cut down. How can he be more efficient and explosive at the same time? He might get lost in the sauce in this whole thing. I'm just telling you, watch out. And how his attitude goes is how the Rockets will go this season. Mm-hmm. But I don't see them making any real noise beyond the bottom of the conference. As we move on, to New Orleans, get some of that Zion or bust. That's it. It's Zion or bust. Basically, it goes as far as he goes. I mean, Brandon and Ingram, nice guy. I, I thought he, in the World Cup, got exposed a little bit. I don't know that he was prepared for that. You have to understand that if you're not the guy on the team and you're not going to have the ball, if you're that talented, you should be able to do different things. I guess because he wasn't one of the primary ball handlers, he didn't know how to adjust his role and his temperament. And so he won't be invited back anytime soon. For all the comparisons to Kevin Durant in an NBA setting, which is vastly different, he, he's a success for sure. Former All Star, got everything. But maybe this part, he did go to Duke, though. So, you know, old Duke guys are shaky cocky. for the most part. Yeah. Uh, I don't know about yeah. the cocky part, they're a little shaky to me on the long term. You know, Zion's one of those guys, too. But I like Herbert Jones. I like my man, Grand Theft Alvarado, down there. Of course, Christian James McCollum and that badass man, Willie Green. But the best thing they did, and I talked about him earlier, I think Jordan Hawkins is going to shore up a little bit for Trey Murphy the third being injured. And they just have to make some decisions about some guys. This is going to be a make or break year for both Zion Williamson and also Brandon Ingram and who they yeah. choose to move forward with. If they exactly. don't make the playoffs, is Willie Green is Willie Green officially on the hot seat? Or is it Willie Green's fault that Zion can't stay out of the gumbo room? I think Willie Green has a pass right now based on the fact that Zion can't stay on the floor and the others just, again, Herb's Herb's been injured. Ingram's been injured. I think they're big on Willie Green. And I just I just remember the temperament on this team when Zion was playing last year. People thought they were going to be a top five Western Conference team. So it, it's just a matter of Zion just staying on the floor and staying out of um, uh, Twitter well, oh, he, that too. To his credit, he wasn't on Twitter. It was it was somebody else. But he got to stay out of somebody's gumbo pot. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, you know, you got yeah. there doing. I, I look. I'm not a meat keeper. <laughs> you, you put it where you want to put it. You do your yeah. thing. Pause. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That if it's affecting, if you're doing all that and you're not rehabbing, I have questions about your commitment to this game. I gave just gave you two hundred million dollars. Make a difference. Yeah. So. Let's keep it moving and talk about a team that I know a lot of people are high on. I don't know if they're really ready to take that leap, 
They could be an AC. They could be in the Oklahoma City Thunder. The first team, all NBA guy in Shea Gilgis Alexander, Josh Giddy coming back for another year, Lugans Dort on the squad, a lot of Canadians on that squad. And of course, Chet Holmgren, yeah. who a lot of people are predicting will be the rookie of the year. We'll get into that a little bit later. But what's your forecast for the Oklahoma City Thunder? Playoffs. Really? Playoffs. But I could see them possibly as a seventh seed. I don't want to give them sixth, but I could see them in the, They're not the seventh play. seed. It's not playoffs sure. yet. Seventh seed is playing in. Well, I, they're going to be a play-in team. I still think they're going to be a play-in team, but they'll be the best play-in team there, 100%. Really? I'm big. I'm curious I, to I see think how I that told shakes out. I think I told you this. I think Chet. Well, again, we're going to get into the awards later, but I think Chet Holmgren is going to be big. I think he's going to have, like many red shirt guys who their second year is their first, they get to see the game at a different level and they get to see it before they actually even touch a ball. So, right. like, you know, you go in there, you make mistakes as a rookie and you learn from it and it's a great experience, but like he just got to see it at a different level. So I think he's going to come in and really start off strong. And then you obviously have first team all NBA leading team Canada to a, the first medal in how I don't even know since they ever medal one hundred thirty six a silver medal in the Olympics nineteen hundred thirty six yeah you got you got him who's like just again the it's fact that player. has Steve didn't Steve Nash even get first team all NBA in his oh, of course he did MVP, oh yeah he yeah MVPs, he did obviously dude. the MVP twice right but, um, that doesn't happen that doesn't happen that doesn't He's happen the first Canadian, Canadian to average over 30 points yeah. a game in the NBA yeah. though for sure yeah like he beat out Steph Curry John Moran and these guys for that seat so like he he he's legit so you're and, saying they're ready you, for the leap this year they're ready for the leap this year, and I could see them pulling off some magical first-round upset depending on who they get in that first round. Okay, and last but not least, even deeper down in the heart of Texas, the San Antonio Spurs. It's all about one Victor Weminyama. I'm going to give him a middle name. I got to give him I don't know what his middle name is yet, but I'm going to give him one at, at some point. It's going to be good. It's going to be organic, too. It has to happen yeah. during the course of the game or something. But watching these preseason games – as advertised, and he still doesn't know how to play basketball yet. That's the scary part. When I say that, I don't think people understand. He's going to fill out, just like you talked about, Chet Holmgren having that whole season of practicing with the NBA squad, eating, having a nutrition plan, and having somebody show him how to work out properly, gaining enough weight to where he doesn't risk re-injuring and having that list frank fracture again, but also just being prepared for the rigor of the NBA. Victor mm -hmm. has not had that yet, but you see – even when he makes mistakes, he can clear those up because his agility, his speed. He blocked the shot of Jalen Williams at the rim. The other Jalen Williams on the the first team all rookie, Jalen Williams. Yeah. yeah. On the Oklahoma City Thunder, who's about to dunk it left handed on him. Victor said, No soup for you. How do you say that in French? You know how? <laughs> you know, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't speak French. Know. But I have no, no, idea. no soup for you. Anyway. Yeah. Might be his nickname. Anyway, let me stop. Devin Vassell got a five-year, $46 million contract. People are like, who's Devin Vassell? But they're investing in Vassell. They're investing in Kelvin Johnson from the University of Kentucky who was injured, and they're investing in Victor Womanyama. Outside of that, this is development year. Greg Popovich will not see the end of the development of Victor Womanyama, but he's going to be there to help him get started, and I think that's a great thing for him. 
Yeah. You will be in a long 100%. line of Spurs big men in history. From Artist Gilmore, I got to shout out the old ABA guys who ended up coming to the NBA. And the Whopper, Billy Paltz. I got to know your history, dog. And, of course, David Robinson and Timothy Theodore Duncan, the great Timothy Theodore Duncan. So Victor Wambinyama is the story in San Antonio. They're not going to do anything but make a bunch of highlight films this year. You saw that hook, that left-hand hook Danny got on Thomas Bryant the other night? And the look that Thomas Bryant was hey, dog, what am I supposed to do with that? And Damn. Thomas Bryant is not like a little dude. He's like 6'10", 6'11". When Minyama yeah. acted like he wasn't even there. They threw an alley-oop to him. He started pointing at the free throw line. I'm not talking about a fast break. It was in the half-court offense. He passed the ball to the wing. He took one step to the free throw line and did like this. He pointed in the air, and they threw it, and he dunked it. Oh, come on, dog. Yeah. yeah. That's absurd. It's I don't think I've seen anything like this since when Yao first entered and everything Yao Ming did was just But Yao nuts. did not have anywhere close to mobility for this kid. The mm-hmm. dribble series pull yeah. up from the, the free throw line with the fade. How yeah. are you seven foot five fading away on somebody? They're not blocking it. And he still shot it like he was a, a six foot five guard. I'm like, yeah. yo. But I said this like years ago. When I saw him when he was like 15 or 16, playing one on one against Rudy. I'm sorry. I messed up. Booty, go bear. Booty, go bear. And he was cooking go bear at 15. I'm like, whoever this is, whose name I can't pronounce yet, is going to be a problem. Yeah. He's going to be a problem eventually. But for right now, it's study time. And when I talk about study time, as we go back into the third annual Do Work Awards here on the Open Run, Will Strickland in conversation with the great Ryan Antonio Henry. Sixth man of the year, sir. I'm going to pick some awards now. Who's your guy? Let's do it. You know, the six man used to be something that I could go down and just know who the guys were. It's a little bit everywhere in the last four or five years. You go through your list. The the Manu Ginobili's were there. The Jason Terry's were there. The Jamal Crawford's were More there. More defined roles, yeah. But now it's like it could be this guy this year, this guy next year. So it was really hard for me to pick this. And I don't even know if this guy's going to be a six man because we talked about the Jazz in the first part uh, of, of this uh, series. I had Jordan Clarkson just because I know he's reliable. I know he's steady. He gets, but he's a bucket getter, and he found a, a nice fit in Utah. But like you mentioned, John Collins has now entered the picture, and he could be in that six man role. So I guess you can say I'm going with either John Collins. Or I'm going with Jordan Clarkson. Jordan it's going Clarkson to be a has won one before, guy. but yeah, you think it's a, going to be a jazz guy? And I'm not mad at that pick at all. I think it's going to be a guy in the Western Conference for sure who helped his team and showed that he was really a quality playoff performer in Malik Monk in Sacramento. Well, I think okay. he bought into his role. I think he wants to be Jamal Crawford 2.0 and says, you know what? I can still make a quality career from this. I thought I was a starter in the NBA. I was a starter in Charlotte. I couldn't stay in the court. Michael Jordan smacked me in the back of my head and all this other stuff. I found a place in Sacramento where people trust me. And it was after his stint in L.A. that showed him, okay, I have to be a professional. Now he's up here with guys like Brown, who coached down there as well. He came in. He did his job. He was invested with a level of trust he's never had in the NBA. Yeah. And now that he has that, that, it looks like he is primed and ready to be the sixth man of the year this year in the National Basketball Association. I can see that, especially with Sacramento again. They're only going to get better at this point. So I think so. Keegan Murray's going to have a big year as well. 
And I can't believe they re-signed the Black Falcon, but hey, anytime I get to talk about the Black Falcon, I will. Harrison Barnes. The executive of the year. This should be easy, Bake. Who would you select? Milwaukee. Uh, his name, I think it's John Hurst. Is it John Hurst? Yeah. Yeah. The John second Horst. time. John Horst. John Horst. The, the second time you had your star player kind of insinuate that, hey, this might be this might be me exiting. And right. what does he do the first time? Drew Holiday. What does that result in? An NBA championship. Giannis starts to say, okay, I'm seeing the fractures in this again. What does he go and do? He gets Damian Lillard. So it's like, I'm sorry. He just, they, the, he keeps answering the call and he's going to get Giannis to re-sign those papers again. And it could, again, possibly result in the championship. That is an amazing breakdown and it's hard for me to beat what you just said, but for the sake of conversation, I'm going to throw out Joe Cronin, who is the GM of the Portland Trailblazers, who turned Ooh. okay, yeah, Dame Lillard into what he turned it into. He turned Drew Holiday into what he turned into, and he didn't get back just a bunch of young assets and stuff like that, which he did. You got, you know, you got DeAndre Aiden still young, you know, 25, 26 years old, and you got the reigning and defending sixth man of the year in Malcolm Brockman who can offer leadership and guidance to Scoot Henderson at a fraction of the cost that you would have had to pay Drew Holiday, who needed to be re-up next year, or Dame Lillard, who is going to make $75 million in the next year or so. Joe Cronin is the guy for me. Exactly you know so far. I'll sign off on that because he just escaped a hostage situation. 100%. He just escaped one of the nastiest situations next to Ben Simmons. I was... Well, I up mean, my group chats, going through it right now, just to say. I, I was up in my group chat saying, yo, I'm not going to lie. I'm a big Dame fan, but what he's doing is kind of Ben Simmons-ish, and I was flamed for that. And I was just like, but you guys don't see what he and his agent just tried to do. And they got caught, and the NBA stopped that. So I give, yeah, you know what? I, I'm not going to change my answer, but, yeah, I wouldn't be upset that he just escaped a nasty hostage situation and with the most patience in the world, turn that into. Meanwhile, you have Miami and Jimmy laughing it up all summer, saying, "Yo, Dame's already here. The jersey's printed. All of this." And they just said, "No, we're not. We're not. We're not doing you, that." You know what I and, said? He did. Ended up with that. You know what Joe Cronin did? He left the Miami Heat DMs on red. <laughs> just saying. Yeah. Did his yeah. thing. Coach of the year in the National Basketball Association this year. Who you pick? It's it's funny, but because I'm going Rick Carlisle, I'm going Rick Carlisle because he, I think he will he, never let go of Dallas. I get it. He's going to be do a great job. Man. It had nothing to do with Dallas. When he left, I was happy he left because it just wasn't a good fit. He brought your championship, but it's ironic now because he's working with all these young guys, and you know, Halliburton's massive contract. Like he just has nothing but talent, and I feel like, like I said in the first part. I feel like they're ready for a big year and they're going to make, have a lot of guys make the leap. And I think their record's going to show, uh, show in that. And obviously when the wins go up and the team is making the playoffs and you have all stars and you have all NBA guys, that's usually credited to the coach. So I think that's where Rick's going to show, show, uh, show off. It, it's hard for me to beat that, but that's the team, as you remember before earlier in the podcast, where I was waffling between the Pacers and the guy who I think is going to lead this team to the playoffs for the first time in a couple of years, Jamal Mosley, another Dallas guy. I'm trying to, you know, 
it's me throwing out flowers <laughs> to you in the Dallas Connections, man. Yeah. In the Orlando Magic, I feel like he's going to put it together. Paolo Bancaro is going to have another excellent year. But what Franz Wagner, if they stay uninjured, those are two of the best wings, young wings in the NBA right now. Put it in perspective. If they figure out what they're doing in their backcourt, is it Markel Fultz? Is it Cole Anthony? Is Jalen Suggs buying to a six-man role? Wendell Carter knows who he is. Mm-hmm. You're going to get 10, 12 points, 10, 12 rebounds a night, and good defense. He knows his role. And when you have a young guy who's like that already, you can build around that. And I just feel like these guys are closer than a lot of people think. Like, so a lot of young guys, but I feel like Orlando's going to make that jump. I think Jamal Moses is going to do a whole lot to make that happen as he coach of the year in the NBA this season. Defensive player of the year. We'll go with the the man that was traded to Minnesota and potentially exposed Boston. Well, we'll see how exposed they are with Drew, but I'm going to go uh, Marcus Smart. He's going to get a second. You mean you, not Minnesota? He went to Memphis. Yeah, yeah, sorry, Memphis. I said Minnesota? Good. Okay, damn. Yeah, yeah I, I'm going to go with Marcus Smart. I think he, he with, with John missing, what, 20, 25 games? 25 games. He, he, his number is going to get called for a lot this year, and you don't have the best backup in the league anymore uh, in Tyus Jones. That's going to be a big deal. What you said is so key. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I think he's going to be the heart and soul of Memphis. You pair him up with another defensive player of the year, so they technically have the reigning back-to-back uh, defensive mm. players of the year. That, that That's a defensive juggernaut. Like These and guys are going to play huge. And they get And they get back Stone Cold Grizzly Adams. Mm-hmm. So, that yeah, you miss Dylan Brooks, but I think defensively they didn't. They're not losing a beat. So not at all. Um, You're absolutely correct. Yeah. But um, I think so yeah, he's he's right there. Yeah. I, this is a whole lot of wishing and praying that he finds something inside of him that says, "You're actually probably the most talented big man with experience in the league, and don't even know it." In Anthony Marshawn Davis Jr. He could be the defensive player of the year. If he's the defensive player of the year, because you saw they had the best defense in the league after the trades. Have they traded Russell Westbrook yeah. and they got Jared Vanderbilt and those guys? Their defensive efficiency was number one in the league. And it's mostly when Anthony Davis was playing a position he didn't want to play. So when he buys in, like, it, you're, you, you just got a three-year, $186 million extension. The glamour part, you play in L.A. The glamour part, you got that already. Now it's trying to show that grit. Part of that is, does he have to play the level of defense that will probably have him injured? You have to play to your identity. If you play defense, play defense. If you want to win a championship, you have to do the things that are necessary. Do the things the next man won't. And maybe I'm putting a lot on him. I like your pick for sure, based on the people around him. But like I said, the best team defensively last year toward the end of the season was the Los Angeles Lakers, and it was because of Anthony Davis in the middle. So, last but not least, the Tony Allens, the TAs, the first team all defense. Who you got? First team all defense. You know, I don't think we're going to see much of a difference from last year. Marcus Smart, Drew Holiday, Mikhail Bridges, Giannis, Ooh. and Jaron. I'm pretty sure that's literally one through five, the same as last year. I don't. I don't think anyone else. Well, you could slide in AD potentially, but yeah, that's my five. I like that. I like that five, as a matter of fact. I think that Evan Mobley is going to slide back a little bit because they're going to need him to be more offensive, even though it's still going to be solid defensively. 
But mm-hmm. I'm going to add two people is that are going to trip you out, especially if the guy plays enough games this year. But Drew Holiday is going to be back on that list. Mikel Bridges is going to be on that list. Paul Anthony George, J3, Jaron Jackson Jr., and Anthony Davis are going to round out my Tony Allen's first team all defense. And the first thing you think about when you think basketball should be the open run with Will Strickland because it's not how we start. It's how we finish, and we're going to finish strong. So come back for more on the open run with Will Strickland. It is now winning time on the open run with Will Strickland. I want to thank my guest, my man, Ryan. What's up, Ryan? Appreciate you coming through and spreading the love. It's absolutely necessary. And I'm going to salute, as I salute you, I'm going to salute Ryan Howard, the Atlanta Dream guard who was the former rookie of the year. She's now the new assistant coach at the University of Florida and also the director of player personnel. Doing her thing. Shouts out to her. Shouts out to the great Teresa Witherspoon, now the new head coach of the Chicago Sky. So salute to her. She's a cheater, though. How so? When the Raptors played against the Pelicans, she was an assistant coach for the Pelicans this past year. Right? Yeah. You went to the game with me. Yeah, I was with you. I'm I'm talking to the homegirl who's trying to, I said, talk to East Yeah, yeah. So you right next to me. What are you talking about? You at the game. (laughs) I forgot that. We're in the tunnel. I'm trying to catch up with her. And I didn't tell you the story about how we used to play at Basketball City in New York. How she used to cheat and make like the weakest calls. I'm like, okay, yeah, 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 you did. I know you play in the WNBA. I know you're pro, but come on, let's do better than this. And she's like, I don't care. I'm like, come on, dog. You, we, all right, we're gonna play ball, or we have to treat you like a woman on the court. You're a ball player, as far as I'm concerned. So you take the bumps, you finish. Sometimes you don't. Sometimes you do. Cool. You can't call everyone. She's like, I'm going to keep calling him anyway. But I still respect it because he was about that life. So shout out to her and salute for sure. Good luck with the Chicago Sky. And I guess when we talk about the WNBA, because game three was a, a, a treat for me personally. I saw a lot that happened. We're going to talk about that in a second. But we talked about every player who made a difference in this final so far. They all made the first team all WNBA. Defensive player of the year, Asia Wilson. MVP, Brianna Stewart. The person who got the most first place votes in the MVP voting, Alyssa Thomas, the Connecticut Sun, Nafisa Collier from the Minnesota Lynx, and last but not least, one of my favorite players in the league, Satu Sabley from the Dallas Wings. It's a lot of Dallas content today. What's up with that? As I said last week on the podcast, this is arguably the greatest matchup in WNBA Finals history with the level of players that they have. It reminded me a lot of the 1987 NBA Finals where there were nine or ten Hall of Fame players on the court at the same time. This Crazy. reminds me of that in a lot of ways. So yeah. did you get a chance to watch game three? I was in and out because, of course, you know me. I'm uh, an NFL fan, so I'm changing between the, the Eagles game and that game. But I, I did see a name that not, – not to say that she's unknown, but when I, when I saw the box scores and I saw who was leading the charge for the Liberty, I was like, oh, okay, all right. Are you talking about John Cole Jones? Yeah. Listen, that's a former MVP and former defensive player of the year, son. And Usually you hear Brianna and uh, Anescu, but – But that's the, that was, was the issue. That was the issue in the yeah. first two games is that yeah. they didn't utilize her being the biggest player on the court with no real person to combat what she can do. She made four of the 13 three-pointers they shot. So at 6'6", she's making three-pointers. She's killing you inside. 
She's hitting the dirt fadeaways in the yeah. post, and you can't stop them. They started to figure out how to go downhill and really press. And when I say press, I'm talking about pressing Kelsey Plum and Jackie Young defensively. Sabrina Ionescu and Courtney Vandersloot were getting killed. In the play. Let's just be clear. First two games, they got killed. They took all their confidence away. They got New York. Shouts out to Barclays. 17,000 plus came out to support these women and not just support them, but come out and watch them hoop. So the Liberty said they got back to their identity. They played as to who they are. And they did for this game, for sure. And I think they t- need to keep going back through John Cowan. If, if, Listen, if that's what. <laughs> unless you have you ever seen the commercial with Trey Young and John Cole Jones and Boban? They're in like uh, Costco or Sam's Club or whatever. And yeah. somebody can't reach the pickles and Boban can. Because John Cole reached the mustard for, for Trey Young because he's too short to reach it. And then yeah. she. Yeah. So she's doing her thing. She was the X factor for me when we talked about this last week on the podcast for the Liberty. And the fact that they weren't using this, like I said, former defense player of the year and MVP in the same season. Yeah. And the way that she, she should be double. used, she was, yeah, she's a double-double every night because there's no Candace yeah. Parker to cut her off. Kia yeah. Stokes is my homegirl. She's a friend of the program, friend of Full Court 21, no doubt. But she doesn't have the size or the ability to stop John Cole Jones. And if you put Asia Wilson on her, she was shooting phases with Asia Wilson too. And Asia was making it tough for her, but she can't guard her and Stewie. And Stewie was doing work, too. You finally got something from the backcourt. Even though Sabrina Inescu didn't have the greatest game, how tough they play defensively. And timely shots from both she and Vandersloot. They played with a force. They didn't play in the first two games. Game four is on Wednesday night. I'm looking forward to seeing that. Can the Aces close it out, or will the Liberty extend and make them play on Sunday in Las Vegas, because you know what happens in Vegas, might not stay in Vegas this time. Just saying. I got the oh. aces. I got the aces. I had the aces from the I, beginning. I, yeah, I'm a fan. <laughs> well, I'm a fan of the Western Conference preview that we've been doing here on the Open Run, and I want to go to the teams that I know are going to make the playoffs. Starting first and foremost with the reigning and defending NBA champions, and want to give a Rest in power, shout out to Brendan Malone, the father of head coach Michael Malone of the Denver Nuggets, who passed away this past week. And he was also the first head coach for the Toronto Raptors. A lot of people did not know that. Did you know it? I knew he had business here. I just can't. I just can't remember. He was the him first head either. coach of the Raptors. Yeah. And you know why I know that? Because I tried out for the Raptors in 1995. I'm not going to speak ill on this man's name. <laughs> We didn't have the greatest relationship in my short time there. I'll just leave it at that. Mm -hmm. Rest in power Mm -hmm. to you, Brendan Malone, and love, light, and blessings to the family of Michael Malone as well. Are they repeating, sir? Sorry, is who repeating? The Denver Nuggets. The Denver Nuggets. Sorry, apologies. I thought you meant these. I don't know why. No, no. Uh, I think they're great. I think they'll get back to the Western Conference Finals again, but I feel like they lost some key pieces that actually won them that chip that year in Uncle Jeff Green and Bruce Brown. When I was telling people when I saw them pick up Bruce Brown from from Brooklyn, I was just like, man, this is unfair. Mm -hmm. This is unfair because Bruce Brown has never been put in a position where he could lead, not lead a team, but he could be a a two, an option in in a lot of teams. I don't think he's a two. He's a utility guy. He is a more talented it's hard for me to compare him to Draymond Green. I'm not going to do that. Because when, 
when Kyrie and Durant were taking their uh, night off, night out, this guy was putting up numbers. So I'm like, he's playing point center. Yeah, yeah. Like because he was filling in wherever you needed him, and that you always need a guy on your team that's like that. I don't know that the Denver Nuggets have that next guy that's like that. Christian Brown was going to take over that spot, and also my young man, another guy who I think is going to creep in on the All Rookie Team, Julian Strother from Gonzaga. He is playing mm-hmm. great. He didn't play great in the, in the summer league or preseason, and he looks good. I mean, it's not like it's he's making the best decisions. They trust him, and he's playing with the starters too. Michael Porter Jr. gets injured quite a bit during the season. You can bring somebody in who can replace those points, maybe not the same size, but has a level of aggression. Braun might get a start there as well, but you have quality replacements. I just don't know if they're the guys that are going to give you that same thing that Uncle Jeff and Bruce Brown are going to give you, but – I'm a fan of those two guys coming off the bench for them, and they got a whole lot. I mean, Jamal Murray opted out of playing for Team Canada and World Cup to get ready for the season. I respect that. He missed the whole season. Good call. And, you know, after you get back from dancing at parties and checking your horses, yeah, Nicola Jermaine is going to do what he does, period. So they're going to be in the mix for sure, and you always have to give it up for a team despite losing those pieces that has played together and had had their core group together like that for so long. People don't remember how they lost in a bubble to the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals. And you could see it was starting. That bubble series between the Utah Jazz and the Denver Nuggets where Jamal and, and Mitchell were going off. The battles, yeah. You could see yeah. it. So it manifested itself in 2023. I know everyone's Three. going to the new shiny toy, the best two-man game in the league. Yeah, Our guys that have been playing together since they were playing the Nike – Hoop Summit back in the day. Shout out to the Roy Bobby Rana. These guys were running pick and roll in high school together. And now they're playing on the same team. But, I mean, if you don't know the history, here I am to help you out with that. Yeah. So, the Denver Nuggets right off the top. Uh, the Suns, a lot of expectations. You know, I heard that Kevin Durant said he would have stayed in Brooklyn if Ben Simmons was healthy. Come on, dog. Why are you saying that now? You're in Phoenix. It's done. Like, it, it, why didn't you bring fine. that up? It's fine. Yeah, but it's like, yeah. it's like, does it undermine some of the things? Like, what's that do to help your squad right now? Nothing. Right? But are, are they asking him these kind of questions about Brooklyn, or is he just out there saying? I have no idea, but he said it. Is he Jada? I could have been. Wow. <laughs> you went there? Wow. No, I, no. I've heard a lot of news against my will. So, or your Will Smith. Again. We'll go there and talk about the Phoenix Suns, new head coach, Frank Vogel, new look, very top-heavy with scoring. They're going to score a lot of points with Devin Armani Booker. Bradley Emmanuel Beal, the new transplant there in the Valley of the Sun, and, of course, Kevin Wayne Durant. Predictions for the Suns this season, sir? I've just never been a fan of the the super team dynamic, never been a fan of pairing up three all-star guys. And Kevin Durant's been on a couple of these teams now. And there's always something that falls apart. So what my gut's telling me is something's going to fall apart. Bradley Beal's not a spring chicken anymore. Uh, he's been often injured. We know Kevin Durant isn't the same guy health-wise. And, yeah, Booker, for the most part, has been predominantly you know healthy. But I just feel someone's going to be injured. And then when that is injured, where, the depth of that team isn't great. They they have come in and picked up a couple pieces, um, which is good for them. And they kind of worked something out in that Damian Lillard mess. Uh, so good for them. But I just don't see 
I just don't see it lasting where they can go in and beat an L.A. or a Denver in a Western Conference final. Mm. Well, they have the pieces to outscore you for sure. But how that's going to work as a team that's going to be really centered on offense, let's be clear. And you have a coach who's known for his defensive philosophies. I don't know how that worked out. But maybe he's the one they, they need to say, okay, you guys have to be good team defenders. And Kevin Durant's not a bad defender. You know, Booker's not a bad defender. But they definitely did do some things against them in the playoffs when they played the Nuggets. You know, they got in the, under Booker's skin a lot. And if he can't control that as the leader of this team, again, it could be a question. Whose team is it in Phoenix? Is it unquestionably Devin Booker's team? Where does that leave Kevin Durant? Charles Barkley would tell you he's not the bus driver there either. So I'm just saying, like, I don't think there's the an issue. I don't think they have the ego for that. And and Kevin Durant has been commonly said to you can plug him in on any team and it doesn't matter. So I don't think you'll see that. But I'm not talking about just from an outward an outward ego standpoint. But when you want to be considered one of the greats of all time, these guys are anomalies. The Durants, the Currys, the hashtags are anomalies. Playing outside their prime at the level they're playing and the ability they have. So is it time to take a back seat? Is he willing to do that? We'll find out, right? Let's mm-hmm. go north to the capital of California, the Sacramento Kings, who definitely made the leap last year. And they showed they can compete. They just didn't have enough down the stretch to beat the Warriors. And it was a good lesson to learn. And I think it's a lot like the lesson that was learned by the Denver Nuggets in the bubble against the Lakers back then. They got it from the Warriors, who were the defending champions that year. And I feel like... Fox, Murray, and Sabas, along with my guy, Malik Monk, are going to make real strides this year and take that spot that last year Memphis had. Like, nobody believed Sacramento was a true number three seed. This year, they know they are. Not at all. Not at all. And, yeah, I think everyone obviously needs to see it one time, and then, okay, they're here now. So, as long as there's no dramatic fall-off, which they didn't lose any pieces, they've only gained, so... I don't see them. I see them staying in the top five seat. Well, keeping that core unit together is a good thing. But Keegan Murray, they're going to have to entrust him with some more responsibility. They're going to definitely need a solid backup. I don't know who their backup center is, to tell you the truth. Did they pick up JaVale McGee? I can't uh, remember. Yeah, because they, I think, I think yeah, they lost Rashawn. Yeah, they so, lost Rashawn. So, yeah. I'm not going to leave my fortunes on JaVale McGee, but here's an experienced three-time NBA champion who can spell me for some minutes. Will he give me the offense that I need when Salvas is in foul trouble? No. But having that flexibility in the lineup, because you might have to play big sometimes and other times, you might have to play smaller. So that means maybe – Alex Len, Alex Len. No, no, no. He shouldn't be on the court ever. <laughs> no. It, it, you see Alex Len in the court, it's desperation time. Yeah. And that's not – I want to say it's no disrespect, but it is disrespect. Right? I just feel like they have another – this year – no more excuses. They're not going to be a surprise to anyone. It's time to make that step, and we're going to see what they do, if they can follow in that you know that kind of path that I talked about with the Nuggets and the bubble against the Lakers. <laughs> they had the experience against the Warriors, and we'll see what they can do. Yeah. Let's go to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Everybody's asking, whose team is it? No, we know it's Anthony Edwards' team. Carl Towns, the greatest big man shooter ever. I left it blank for a reason, so you can say what you want. I, I choose not to to acknowledge that, that, right. that statement that he keeps repeating, but yeah. And they also have Booty Bear there making a shit ton of money for not doing the job he's supposed to do. But hey. Ski you know, mask. They did 
re-signed Nas Reed, and we talked about him a little bit earlier in the podcast. They're going to end up being the Sacramento Kings this year of the Western Conference. If they're not, they're going to break that thing up. I think they already had their Sacramento moment when uh, they I'm not talking about just making the playoffs. Nah. Oh, okay. nah, nah. <laughs> not just making the playoffs. I'm talking about being a real threat in the playoffs. That oh, was just okay. playing like okay. oh, Patrick Beverly, and then they want to play in. Stop. All right? I get it. Or they made the playoffs, whatever. Cool. But I'm talking about being a real threat in the playoffs, not just happy to be here, right? And they have to make that Sacramento leap this year or figure out something else. New ownership there with Alex Rodriguez. I just don't see them having the level of patience, especially, you know, looking at what they have from a payroll standpoint. I wouldn't mind seeing them have Nas Reed out there with Carl Anthony Towns as opposed to Booty Gobert and Booty Gobert. But you can't have a $42 million a year dude coming off the bench. That's going to hurt. And you can't move him. He's one-way traffic. Terrence Manning them killed him in the playoffs when he was in Utah, made him expendable. You can't hide him forever. We're going to move on and talk about another playoff team, the Jazz. Well, we talked about a little bit. We talked about them, John Collins, Laurie Markkinen, the big white guy lineup with Kelly Olenek, Walker Kessler. But you know who's going to be the new Jordan Clarkson coming off their bench? Keontae George, who played at Baylor. He's a gunner par excellence. He likes to let the big gun off at all times. I like what Will Hardy's doing up there. He has Taylor Horton Tucker, and they're going to be one of those playing teams for sure. Can they make it to the second round and make some real noise? I don't know if they're ready for that. I think they're really easy out in the second round. But yeah. it's going to be the experience that matters the most for the Utah Jazz. Concur? I concur. And, yeah, I, I can see them again uh, kind of shocking people possibly in a play-in situation. Maybe that's the eighth seed. Um, mm. and so I, I I wouldn't hate it or see it at all because if people rem- uh, forget in that first two weeks it only lasted about two weeks of that of, of the season last year. But they looked like the league. A, yeah, they look like a threat. But they this them like smelling themselves and getting out to an early start to give some confidence. That's gonna have to play or carry over into the season. They got an addition with John Collins who gives them a different dynamic on the perimeter and also at the a threat at the rim over the top they don't have or they didn't have before so you know i'm not mad at what the jazz are going to end up doing but yeah. the clippers and- are next and it's ppp that's player performance policy and also is james edward harden jr going to show up and for who clippers going clipper you know what at first i was just like why are they trying to add this guy but then I thought from a standpoint that they haven't had their two best stars play healthy for how many years. So to add in an insurance policy that's James Harden and have Russell Westbrook play in case your two guys go down, I, I started to think. I'm like, you know what? Okay, it, may, it might not be such a bad idea. It just depends on how much they have to give up for that. But that's the thing. You know what? You don't have it the assets. Sense. And you're gonna to have to have another team. And if the if the Clippers were so invested in getting James Harden there, they'd have already done it. The same way we talked, you know, Miami, what they were willing to get up to get Dame Lillard, apparently not enough. So they didn't get him. James Harden is not going to the Clippers. You're gonna to have to have Kawhi Leonard have an extraordinary year. I don't know that they got necessarily better this year. They have their core unit together, and they still have, and they still have Ty Lue on the bench, quality coach for sure. But again, 
the health of that team over the 82-game season is going to matter. They just have to make it to the finish line. If they can make it to the finish line relatively unscathed, I never count on a team that has two of the most talented wings in the league. Even at their advanced ages, they get a little bit older every year. Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. They got, what, 1,500 toilets to look forward to in the uh, Inuit Dome. If these guys can stay healthy, like, again, like they're good. Like, I've seen enough of Kawhi and Paul George in the playoffs. We saw Kawhi and what he did to the Raptors. We saw the two back-to-back series against my Mavs where somebody looked like he was unstoppable and he was about to, you know, finally make the leap. And then Kawhi just came in and said, not yet. Right. But couldn't get to the second round because he used all of his energy up. So Kawhi, when healthy, in my opinion, is always going to be a top three player in this league. If wow. he's you went top three? You know the top four guys are all European guys or foreign guys. So now he's top three when healthy? Kawhi to me, it was always Kawhi, he who shan't be named, and Durant. Those were my three guys in the last decade. But in the last decade, again, yeah. Yeah. Kawhi can't stay healthy. So yeah. what are we doing? Fantasy basketball now? I'm just asking. Look, I am a big fan of Kawhi Leonard. I thought it was odd, even though his numbers look like Cornbread Maxwell's, that they were trying to compare him to Durant and the hashtag. There are levels. Talented player, but he's not on that tier. And the other guy, the numbers guy, in all categories, is on a different tier altogether. I respect him as a player for sure, but I don't know if they'll ever get that thing done. And so the Inuit Dome will be the house that Ivica Zubats built. <laughs> I doubt it. I seriously doubt it. But let's keep it pushing. The Golden State Warriors, dangerous and re-upped with a 38, almost 38-year-old, Christopher Emmanuel Paul. What is the outlook for the ultra-dangerous at all times because of their experience, the Golden State Warriors? I saw Chris Paul pass the ball to Steph Curry for the first time on a three, and Steph gave him the, that's it. And I was just like, man, that was like three, four years ago. Oh, <laughs> like Chris getting on that team is great. Like for him personally, he, again, has a talented cast of players to pass the ball to, and it's great. I don't think it makes much of a difference, though. You're telling me a first ballot Hall of Famer doesn't make a difference, even though it's at the tail end of his career, and you see his numbers slide from the last year in Phoenix. They're going to slide further now that he's playing with more talented players. Or, I mean, like he was playing with Kevin Durant and Devin Booker, and now you get to play with Steph Curry and Clay Alexander Thompson coming off injuries. I would never compare Clay to Kevin Durant. Again, there are levels. Yeah. Devin Booker and Steph Curry, different levels as well. But Chris Paul can be a stabilizer for the team that I think they committed the most turnovers in the league last year, the Golden State Warriors, if I'm not mistaken. Awesome, they man. had some untimely yeah. turnovers when it counted the most for a team that won the championship the year before. And Chris yeah. Paul is the stabilizer for that, if I'm not mistaken. Am I mistaken? Tell me. Possibly, but like again, I'm not saying anything about Chris Paul. I'm just thinking, just don't see him making it better than it was last year. Jordan Poole at the end of the day was an upcoming talent, and and he was was great for them. He did have moment, and maybe this is where 
it, it, there's a difference. We saw what Poole did in the playoffs, and we saw him come up short in a couple of games. And maybe that's just the lack of experience where now you insert Chris Paul in that situation. Maybe he makes the right play. Maybe he makes the right shot. And maybe Golden State needs that more than they need uh, kind of an explosion from Jordan Poole. But it sounds like a lot of maybes, champ. I'm just telling you, you sound like a lot of maybes, but they're going to have to depend yeah. on the guys they've been developing for years, Moses Moody, and of course, who's leading the preseason and scoring in the NBA right now, Jonathan Kaminga. Found a three point shot. His mid range looks thorough. He's, of course, he's already explosive and athletic. We knew that part, but running on his game some more, he could be a problem and he could be a fix for the times that you don't have Andrew Christian Wiggins in the lineup. Jonathan Kaminga. Lamented not playing last year a lot in the playoffs, and he came back ready to hoop, and he could be an X-factor for this squad this year. That is true. Kaminga, I just, are they finally going to insert him to the point where he's actually getting the proper minutes? He ends up being the part of the death lineup, the new because de- there's no more riding remains of Andre Tyler Iguodala on the bench anymore. Ah, okay. So, so you can it. easily run Draymond, Kaminga, Wiggins, and a combination of Clay Alexander and Wardell Stephan, the second, and of course, Christopher Emmanuel at some point, depending upon how the foul situation or situation is looking, depending upon who they play. But that would be the new death lineup, and I could see that happening. And, and, and it's going to say, right? Uh, mm-hmm. It's like you said, the Hall of Famers, they're going to be there. They're going to mm-hmm. be there. It's just a matter of. Who are they going to see? That's that's kind of as as uh, as, as much as I would say I'm worried about when it comes to that. Well, last but not least, in the West, the guys who won the summer, but you don't win a championship in. Well, I guess you can win the championship in June. You can win free agency in July, and those guys did that. The Los Angeles Lakers with their key pickups. I thought the moves that Rob Palenka who would be an executive of the year candidate for sure. Picked up quality guys at a low ticket number, like Gabe Vincent, who played great in the finals last year, can shoot a laser, good backup point guard if you need it. Some guy you can trust who's made to the NBA finals who understands what that takes. So I thought that was quality. I think re-upping the core guys, including Austin Reeves, my man, Milky Mamba, D'Angelo Russell, giving him some confidence because they took him out of the series in Denver. And, of course, talking about the hashtag re-upping, I think two years, $98 million or something crazy like that. And also Anthony Marshawn Davis Jr. But bringing in Christian Wood, Jackson Hayes, I don't think they have the size to combat Nikola Jokic, but that's 12 fouls too. And with Wood, you're going to have to contend with him on the offensive end. It's hard to find league minimum guys who are giving you 19 and 7 every night like he did in Dallas. So having somebody who spells you in minutes and gives you 10, 12 points off the bench. It's good Anthony Davis insurance, too. Uh, went on the cheap. Yeah, because when when Wood wants, he can drop 25 on any on any given night. But so. then somebody will drop 25 on him because he cannot play defense. You know that's part of the reason why Dallas let him go. That is true. That is true. You would think that a guy with that kind of size would do that and, and, and be that, but he, he does not do that. I just think that we keep that core unit together and then make it to the Western Conference Finals as a seven seed would bow well for this season. You cannot ask the hashtag, who's about to be 39 years old, to keep doing what he's doing. This dude's an alien. There's no way. Jackson Hayes said in, in training camp, 
when I was in third grade in Ohio, he was averaging 30 points a game. Now I'm his teammate. He's still averaging 30 points a game. That's silly. Insanity. It, it just doesn't make sense. Yeah, it, but it really doesn't. But it is what it is. I'm looking forward to this, though, man. And much like I'm continuing to look forward to our last awards of the evening in the Do Work Awards, the third annual preseason awards here on the Open Run, Will Strickland in conversation with the great Ryan Antonio Henry, Rookie of the Year. Is it going to be the game or is it going to be the politics of the business that win this award? But is it politics? If what if if Chet is if Chet really puts up here, here's the thing I I think Wemby's great but my thing and and I can't remember who said this I can't remember if it was Reggie I, actually no it was Tracy Tracy said this guy is going to be great but you guys are acting like it everyone's acting like this Tracy is like who the Tracy McGrady I think he kind of okay, came I mean, out I know you're on the first name basis like that my bad. I know what you're talking about. You said think, Tracy, and and again, it was it was a legend, and he was saying, you know what? Like we we've kind of seen a Wemby before, so why is everyone jumping on him? Like he's going. When be have we seen a Wemby before? Greatest thing. Again, this is this is what, what when he have was we saying seen a Wemby during before? the summer. Personally, the Don't only thing that I can ball. say, yeah, yeah, means get on the court. If we're if we're kind of going height wise, again, these are not my words. I'm just saying what I heard uh, on a talk show. And I'm pretty sure it was Tracy, but I just feel Chet is going to be more, a little bit more polished than uh, than Wemby. Because of what you said earlier and talked about what the Oklahoma City Thunder would do this year. I got you. And and but he's coming into a team. Before, Bobo has talent, but why couldn't he stand on the court? Why couldn't he play? And when you're playing in a place That's like Orlando, it's Bobo. I, I get it from the size yeah. standpoint and skill standpoint, but he's had opportunities. Maybe it wasn't the right fit. But if you go to Orlando and you can't do it in Orlando, a team where everybody had an equal chance. I can see sitting on the bench in Denver. I can't see it in Orlando. And now he's going to play back up again in Phoenix, a team with too much talent. A guy that skilled, should he be playing? I think so. But where? If he couldn't play in Orlando, where can he play in the NBA? So when I say the politics of the business versus the game, Ted Holmgren might have a better rookie year than Victor Wimanyama. But does it pay? For the NBA to not have him be the rookie of the year. No, it doesn't. This is what I'm saying, the politics of the business. People said that that Carmelo Kayam Anthony should have won the rookie of the year over the hashtag huge champion name. Better record, equivalent numbers, and his team went to the playoffs. Yeah. But again, yeah. the politics of the business. Somebody can say that happened then. All I'm saying is Chet can have a great year, and I like both of these guys. I picked women Yama to win the rookie of the year, but I wouldn't be mad if chet won it you know the business was that's the conspiracy theorists and people out here because they said the yeah. same thing about zion and demetrius de Morant, and who won it job was like a no name for murray state your man with the blue blood duke blue devils come on so i'm gonna i'm gonna go with victor Wimanyama. you're going with chet cool either yeah. way i don't think we lose i think we have no. some generational talents as a matter of fact when you look at the all rookie team this year, I picked Holmgren and Women Yama to be on that team along with Scoot Henderson. Cam Whitmore, I'm a big fan. And Jaime Hawkes Jr., who's going to get a lot of run in Miami. That's my like that's that. my all-rookie team. What's yours? I like that. It was hard because, again, we kind of talked about it in part one of Cole's notes, um, reviewing the uh, – pre previewing the 2023-2024 uh, season. Brandon Miller was on my list. And, and I'm going to leave him there. I had Chet Wemby. Scoot, 
Brandon Miller, and a Thompson to win. I couldn't decide which one. Really? That's yeah. the worst pick I, ever. You're going to ride the fence? But hey. They're both going to get minutes in both cities. One of them is going to be getting minutes. The other, uh, I don't know so much. I guarantee you, they're in Houston and Detroit. Yeah. They're both going to get minutes. But I think it's – and Sar, I always mess their names up. But the one yeah. in Houston is going to be the one. Trust me. He's going to be the one. And that's – He's going to be the one that backs up Fred Lee and come off that with that second unit. He's going to – that's when he's going to get his run. Kate Cunningham and Jaden Hybe are going to have the ball in their hands way too much. You still have Killian Hayes in Detroit. So that's why he's not going to get the, the one in Detroit. He's not going to get the same run as the other Thompson twins in Houston. Remember I said this to you when we go, damn, I, you called that. Watch. But it won't be a SAR. It won't be a SAR. Right. So as we keep it moving here on the open run, the all NBA first team who you have, well, you know, I'm going to give you mine first and foremost. Even though I was shaky with my three man, and I know you can go. Is it now? You it didn't have to be by position anymore. I can't remember. All NBA is supposed to be by position, because if you could choose five centers, you would. But that doesn't make sense. Yeah. So for me, I got Luca Lamar. That's with two R's. Wardell Stephen Curry, Jason Christopher Tatum Sr., Anthony Marshawn Davis Jr., and Nikola Jermaine. That's J apostrophe M A Y N E Jokic. In the middle for my all NBA first team this year. Who do you have? I'm I'm not I'm not playing with you. I got the same list. Okay. I, I had Curry returning back to the list as much as I love SGA. This is where Paul does kind of get Curry's numbers a little bit back up there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he yeah, was thirty plus this year. What do you mean get his numbers back up there? He yeah, was thirty plus. Yeah, yeah, was thirty plus. I think his percentages, like I think Curry's going to be shooting, shooting even better than than he was last year. So yeah, I actually, I literally, uh, for all five players, I had the same team. I, I thought you were going to go back to SGA, so that's that's kind of where I put. Curry. I think that's going to be different because they have to make sure they that Chet eats in a different way, right? Yeah. So that's going to yeah. be a little bit different. And uh, Josh Giddy's looking for his next contract too. So, and Lou Dort wants to stay down there because that he's found a home. So. Exactly. Guys going to be looking for their numbers this year. It's going to be a little bit difficult down there in OKC. But most valuable player in the National Basketball Association. I already know who you picked. I don't even think I picked him last year, but I think this is the year. I think the, it's a line for him. This, again, uh, people might disagree. I think he has teammates that are going to elevate his stats once again uh, after this uh, offseason. Playing with a star, I think most MVPs you look at, they have that one guy that's right beside them that gets them to that point. Giannis and Jokic have pretty much bullied the MVP award for like the last like four years. And now you enter MB. They always had one other guy. So now Luca has Kyrie. Luca is coming in healthy. He's coming into shape. I think it's finally this time. Although they've been saying this for like the last like three years. Oh, it's always Luca. It's always Luca. I think this is the year now. I'm gonna halfway agree with you, although I'm you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to agree with you on this. I want to say Anthony Davis because I just really want to see if he had that motor, and I don't know. It would be uh, it would be a trip to see him win Defensive Player of the Year and MVP in the NBA. That would be something, but that's me, fantasy basketball, and right now. And I don't do that. Yeah. But I'm going to go with Luke Lamar. And in the finals, I want to say something about that, that three years ago this past week, the bubble title happened. We talked about that a little bit with what Denver learned and – 
winning the championship or then playing against the eventual champion Los Angeles Lakers in the bubble and how many people who are fans who think that wasn't real basketball and every player who went down there was like, this is the hardest basketball I ever played in my life. So who are you going to believe? Who am I choosing to play in the NBA finals this year? I like to see a matchup between the Lakers and the Sixers 40 years ago, 40 years ago this year. Well, it'd be 2024. So it'd have been 40 years ago this year, but yeah, I just feel like, I want to see Joel Embiid and see how he performs. He never played one in college. I'm saying that, but that, that's not my ultimate pick. I think at the end of the day, oh, okay. I end up being <laughs> the fantasy in me since I'm, I'm picking. I want to see the Nuggets go back and face the Milwaukee Bucks and see which two-man team has enough to make it happen. So I'm picking Milwaukee and Denver, and I'm picking Milwaukee to win it all. Okay. We got um, – I'm halfway there with you. I also had Milwaukee etching out the Celtics, but yeah, I have uh, I have Milwaukee in the finals, and against the Lakers, Bucks and Lakers. As much as I did not want to put the Lakers there, I I feel Denver falls a little bit short. Championship hangover. Okay, we've been there. We had our time. We had our fun, and I don't think Golden State has enough to get there. So yeah, I had. He who shan't be named, finally getting number five and just as that would much be as something. I don't want to admit it. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm glad you have enough about you to admit that. But before we go, I'm going to talk about Gilbert Arenas, who's entertaining to me. I don't know if you watch this podcast, but he's talking about how the 90s basketball was overrated. And I'm not mad at it because yeah. I was there. I, I saw it. Yeah. I was a part of it. I'm like, come on, dog. How many games did I watch? In the fourth quarter, where the teams are like winning 69 to 67, it's not college basketball. I don't want to see that. I was damn wrestling and tackling. If you have a team with Dale and Antonio Davis on your front line, along with Rick Smith, the field goal percentages are going to be low. You're going to have a lot of rebounds 75 rebounds in the NBA game. That's a lot because there's too many bricks being thrown up. It's just a different type of basketball. You know, we're talking about the hard fouls and like the 22 um, foot three point arc because they wanted more scoring and these guys still couldn't score. Right. True. The game is more fluid today. It's a better game today. I don't care what people say, you know, it's not me knocking the guy who won, you know, the most in the nineties. But even if you look at the eighties basketball, it was still physical, but it was, it was fluid. You saw Showtime, you saw the Lakers or you saw the, the Celtics winning championships. You saw the Sixers winning championships. It was fluid basketball. And toward the nineties is like, it's wrestling, and there's only one guy who was head and shoulders above everything else. I get it, yeah. right? But you know, some of the guys who played during that time, and like you think about Shaquille Rashawn O'Neal coming in the league in 1992, Alan Zell Iverson, that 96 draft class, they've been both named president and vice president of Reebok, their sneaker companies, their original sneaker companies when they came to the league. Is it more one of those? figurehead things is more symbolic than it is something that's actually a business move for Reebok, which doesn't have any cachet right down the streets at all, other than originals and reissues. Iverson and Shaq, I'm just saying, I don't know what that, what that necessarily means. Is it just publicity? That's what I said. I don't don't know if it's it's more of a optic thing. Shaq is highly visible. Alan Iverson is beloved, but does that, change my feeling if i am i going to go out and purchase a pair of Reeboks now 
how many how many times can they reissue Shaq's shoes? Maybe bring Sean Kemp on as a senior vice president as well. I, I mean, if you're going to do it like that, John Wall, yeah, like yeah. Reebok guys who like nobody bought their shoes back when they wore them, other than Allen Iverson's. It's a cute move. I like it. I like it. And it's definitely going to, you know, have interest, but I don't think it really changes too, too much, especially because these guys are, yeah. When, when do we see Iverson as much as he was my pretty much favorite player growing up? You see him at a game every now and then that's about it. Shaq obviously has the most visibility, but I I just don't think it's going to really, you know, impact too much. I think it's just, Oh, they're here. Oh, okay, cool. Let me, you know. Yeah, I just don't see the footprint that Reebok has, even in, in, in reissues. Like, they're not beating the Puma, they're not beating Adidas, they're not beating Nike. So I think it's, it is more symbolic. I don't want to be that guy, but I guess I'm going to be that guy on this. And what's not going to be symbolic is when the NBA decides to expand their league and bring a team to Las Vegas. And both the hashtag he who shan't be named and the man who has nine or ten restaurants in Las Vegas and the great businessman himself. And Shaquille Rashad O'Neal, who could turn Reebok around as well, also says, I want the Las Vegas franchise to myself. He has that kind of money to bring it in. I'm like, oh, wow. So the fact that we have former NBA players now wanting to be governors, since I can't say owners anymore, is a big deal, that they're willing to invest in that way, diversify their portfolios. But it's essential that you continue to diversify your portfolio Keep listening to the podcast or basketball and life are one. It is the open run with Will Strickland. Let the people know where they can find you on these rough interweb streets, Ryan Antonio Henry. Yeah, you can find me at at R A H E N R Y. That's at R A Henry. Uh, and my momentary lapses of judgment all NBA season long. And until next week, do remember do what's popular with the population. Make sure you don't get beat off the dribble. And keep listening to The Open Run with Will Strickland. Rich kid, my mellow, my man. The season's upon us, sir. Do what you do when you do it. Easy. Easy.